When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to She Podcasts. It is a, well, for us, for me anyway, it is a rainy, sort of terrible outside. Um, luckily, we're stuck inside, so we don't have to worry about it. Uh, I am Jessica Kupferman. With me, as always, my co-host, the lovely and pink today, Elsie Escobar. Hey. And, and our producer, John Jamingo, a.k.a. Santa Claus. A.k.a. Santa Claus. <laughs> I told I told my son he was asking about Santa Claus the other day and he wanted to know if we could call him again, which I have had John be Santa Claus in the past. And I said, yes, but just so you know, his name was also John Jamingo. <gasps> so that way, if he ever sees it on my phone, he'll know it's still Santa and he won't have to I won't have to explain anything. The problem oh, was that last that. time Santa called, Santa had a full beard and hair. And I said, right. you realize that Santa's bald now and has a goatee. Santa is allowed a vacation. Yeah, I guess. And right. people it's shave on vaca- Yeah, I mean, that totally he, makes. You know, he should sense. have no comments about that whatsoever. No. Okay. Okay. Good. Uh, yes. Right, good. good. So we love it. And then she said, "Be prepared because he doesn't get a chance to talk to many people." And the other night, he talked to Jess's ex-husband for like twenty-five. <laughs> well, dude, he was yeah. totally talking to me forever, <laughs> too. Okay, so I'm gonna be strapping in for this one. Shall we discuss a little bit how our, you know, quarantine life is going and uh, the article that you sent me? I think that that's going to kind of go right into this discussion, the Zoom one. I'm just going to talk about this article because it was like when I read this, I was like, yes, this is what's happening. (laughs) So it's from the BBC and it's titled The Reason Zoom Calls Drain Your Energy. Mm -hmm. And it has some like really neat, well, interesting things. In here, especially the fact that even when you're like on the phone or conferencing systems, it's like there's like a 1.2 seconds delay. Mm-hmm. So there can be a little bit of a perceived less friendly or focused because you might say something and somebody responds just a smidgen later than they would if they were right in front of you. Right, right, right. And, and that kind of, and I have had that happen where. You make a funny or you ask somebody for some feedback or, and and it's like there's a pause and it's like, oh, no, no, that's great. But you because of the pause, it makes it seem as if it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm getting your drift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's not good. And also you have to be so focused. Like I just do not like it. Like I, my brain, I think that this is part of, I am, I am not a diagnosed ADD or ADHD person, but I do believe that I have tendencies of that. And part of it is that I, my brain focuses by doing something else. So if I'm listening to a phone call, and that also includes like podcasts and stuff like that, if I'm listening to a conversation, I either have to be scrolling and looking at what people are talking about, or I have to be fiddling, like I have to fiddle with stuff. Um, even though my attention is in the hearing, I, I have to fiddle, like I have to do something else as well. And that doesn't, but again, that doesn't mean that I'm not paying attention. But if somebody's on, like if, you, if I'm on a call, then I have to be paying attention. Like I have to be like looking, right? And I've seen that dead eye. I don't know. Have you, have, have you seen that? And it really trips me out and I do not like it where people are like all of a sudden looking at the camera and it's like a glazed look of, yeah, where... <laughs> Because they're not actually looking at you. They're no, looking only they're at looking... the green dot. And it's creepy. And it's creepy. And then you look at them, but they either look like this. Because I've seen two things. So guys that are listening right now, sorry. You can you can watch us live. We are recording this live in the She Podcast Super Squad, a Facebook group. But alas, there is either the like dead look, right? Where your eyes are kind of droopy and it's like nothing is there. And then there's this one. 
where the eyes are wide open and you're like focused and they look like they're psychotic. So serial killer stare. Yeah, serial killer stare. And it's really wide. And so I and I have really wide eyes. Like when I make the faces, <laughs> I make the faces and it's very scary. So I would rather not look at the up. Yeah, I, I, I'm constantly looking down or looking at other things because if I get stuck looking, I might be too scary. And it's draining, dude. Henneka and I were laughing at Elsie at PodFest because you know when Elsie is done being social yeah. because she'll start to be at the booth with her eyes wide open and her eyebrows up as much as possible. And it's almost just like she's willing herself to stay awake and look interested. So like <laughs> as El- Henneke and I were both like, here's Elsie at the end of the day. <laughs> and just like as widest eyes you can. Really? That's yeah. so great. It's nice to meet you. Boy, oy, 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 oy. She's like Jack Nicholson Joker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, she is. And it's and I mean okay. I think Zoom has an element of that all the time. If you're yeah. tired, it doesn't matter. You have to be on because you're what you're missing. And this article says so too. It's like the things you could take for granted in a, in an in-person conversation are nonverbal cues that you're paying attention like in a conversation in person you can look down you can take notes you can think by looking up people know you can still hear but because it's the web we don't know if you've gone frozen <clears throat> or that if you can't hear anymore right, right, or if you're right. looking for the sound so if you happen to just go you know look up at the ceiling for a minute just to collect your thoughts people go are you there are you there are you there can you hear me are you there it's exhausting it's just you have right. to be on all the time it's totally exhausting it's like being on stage all day one of my pet peeves with this is when people are interviewing somebody, they want to give that verbal cue that they right. are – they're listening. So they do this through the whole interview. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh-huh. I hate that as well. Uh-huh. So as I'm editing, I just see them. I'm like, oh, there's an uh-huh. And I'm just clip them, clip them, clip them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's awful. It really is. I don't know why. But you know what though? I mean I've had a couple of meetings and I feel – I think that I'm also – in addition to being slightly ADD, I really have antisocial qualities. <laughs> no. Really? <laughs> Is that true? Like extra though, like extra. And so you think? there's a lot Shut. of times, like I don't have like the feeling of having to make other other people feel comfortable in a phone call when we're t- talking business. Like if, I, if we're recording here, it's like one thing. If we're recording a, a podcast episode, it's a totally different thing too. Like I will uh, respond as in conversation because it's kind of like you're, you're performing, right? There's an elements of performance. When you're having work Zoom calls, and even if it's not a visual, maybe there are no, maybe everybody's on audio. I don't feel like I need to verbally give a response for every single question that is happening here. So if somebody is reporting, like we are working with a team, um, a marketing team right now for Lipson, and they're amazing. They're so good. But anyway, we usually, we have like a weekly call and then they run through all kinds of stuff. And there's sometimes she's presenting like all kinds of data, right? So this is what's been going on with this. This is what's been going with this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm totally into it. But then she's finished and then it's like quiet. And I'm like, just keep going, dude. Just keep going. You don't, yeah. we, we get it. Right. I mean, if we had an issue come up or if we had a question, I would ask. Like, I'd right. be like, just go. For the love but of then God. I feel bad because then I'm like, oh my God, I got to find the mute. Yes. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, come on. Uh-huh. Really? You know, like, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I just always do be what like, Jess does just is do just answer email and do her regular job while she's doing the show. She's doing it right now. I can tell. Oh my god! <laughs> I know. Look at her face. You can totally tell. You can't. You can't deny it. Here I am. It's like I'm talking to myself, dude. Me? Like I'm talking to myself. Yeah, you. Yeah. What am I doing? You answer emails during the show all the time because then you, else you'll be talking about something and she'll go to you and I can tell it startles you because we're watching you. It startles you and you're like, oh, and I know that you're. Answering emails and checking things, and you're not even paying attention to what we're talking we about. We were just talking about that. And then I did it. And then you did it. Correct. <laughs> right. So it would have been better if we were just on audio, you see? It is always and then better we couldn't for me see to see you. an audio, because to be honest with you, I listen better 
when I'm doing these other things. It's just that, yeah, sometimes I get distracted. It's true. I'm sorry. I listen better, except for when I get distracted doing other things. That's a- it's really hard for me. Okay, I know that I get it. I'm gonna about to have a very bougie problem, but like, it's very hard to like look at a tiny sc- like it's not full screen, and so like you're this big and you're this big and I'm this big, and and then I have to switch. Then I'll switch to the other window where i could possibly see like comments and then i go down a rabbit hole and i can't come out and i can't come out it's horrible i I just won't look at comments i'll let john handle the comments he's the producer i don't have to look i can just pay to just me and you i'll say just me and you like this (laughs) eye to eye eye to eye eye to eye eye to eye hey bonnie's in the house i'm sorry we should say hello to everybody that's here hello lena hello jenny hello bonnie hi hello hello all right So continuing on, though, I mean, this is and and so given all of the things that we've just discussed, it is exhausting. It is. After you finish one of those calls. And then there's like a like I feel like I have to just. Unwind like my my eyes even get stuck like they get stuck and I'm like, I got to get them out of this place. Yeah. Go somewhere else. See, I'm shocked by this with the two of you. I could see it as a, a person that's just been quarantined and has to come in and do this now. But you ladies have been training for this for years. <laughs> You've been doing this di- forever. There's a totally different. Yes and no. Yeah, it's totally different. This is like Jess and I chatting. Like this essentially is Jess and I chatting. Like that's. Be- this is a normal the- realm yeah. of Zoom. Exactly. There. This is the normal realm of us like Us, we could just maybe be like whatever. one other person. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're used to. Yeah. So this is what we're used to. And then plus we get to be like if if Jess goes off in her a tangent while I'm talking with her, I can just say, dude, pay attention. We can just keep going because it's a normal conversation. It's yeah. We know each other. It is this is how we are. This is we we're always we've we've been this way. Yeah. But with a group of other people it's that really you hard. don't usually ever show your face to. Because that's something, I mean, I've been working remotely forever, but now it's like, I don't want to look at you. So I have a Facebook group (laughs) of my my friends that I used to sing a cappella with, and now they've taken to do either Friday or Saturday night Zoom calls where you get on with nine or 10 other people and you kind of catch up and drink wine. My camp friends are also doing this on Thursdays. Okay. And, and so this is the part that it's, it's not that I don't love both of those groups of women. I love them unconditionally. And I am, you know, and occasionally when I log in and for the majority of the time, I feel very lucky that I can see them all and that I still mean something to them. Cause it's been a long time since we've had our like original, you know, like purpose together, like being in camp or being in college. So, um, but on the other hand, when everyone talks at the same time, one person will freeze. Another person accidentally turns off their audio, turns on their audio, um, or turns off and on the camera. We, when we did the Seder for Passover for Scott's family. It was 30 minutes of trying to get his 96-year-old grandmother to figure out how to turn on the video, both so that she could see us and so that we could see her. That was the entire Seder. Was a half hour of that. And then like, and, and with, for Isaac Zoom calls, Isaac talks to the camera, even though I've taught her, te- the teacher how to mute them. But inevitably, out of, you know, for 13 kids that hop on every day, one parent forgets that their kid's on the call or that, you know, doesn't realize that they're unmuted. And you have to hear the person's entire phone call in the background while the kid's trying to be like, green and then you hear and then i told him i said no 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 you know it's horrible i was i was doing that just the other day hunter was in in her zoom call like in her room and i started to go off on may and then i was like this then it was like me and then i was like me me don't you go over there come over here like i'm like trying to scream at her but not really loudly and right i'm just like how am i gonna like how can i parent this other child of mine while that child is over there like shut is it shut the door i mean i will be louder than the door shut i will be loud you will hear your mom screaming in the background so between the technical stuff and like the just knowing how to react stuff and like just being on a in a one-way conversation with nine people it's exhausting i mean you would think that we would be used to it but we're not used to being able to have all our closest friends have nothing to do at one time for endless days at a time. Right. Okay. And then you so, go, you know? so what have you been up to? Right. 
And you're like, um. And actually, that's another point that's a very good point is that, like, I've noticed that since the beginning of the quarantine, like, I only talk to my dad. Like, at first, I was talking to him every other day and my sister, too. But now, this has been almost, it's been about two months. I've run out of things to say. Like, I'm just like, Dad, what's up? And he's like, you know, the huge. And I'm like, right. All right. See ya. Because I don't know what else. Like, it's the same. We don't go anywhere. We don't do anything. Everyone's healthy. No one's dying. All right. See you. Bye. I agree with what Bonnie's saying right here. Uh, It's really hard for us to realize how the rest of the world does not use as much technology as podcasters do on a daily basis. That's very true. Right. It's it's not the fact that, I mean, we who know how to use the technology, we're okay with this. But, you know, grandma or my cousin, the Jimmy, he can't seem to figure out how to do simple things. And I used to say to him, give it to your daughter. She'll show you how to do this. Right. So it, it might be a little bit of that. But we've been training for this our whole lives right now, this this inside thing. And I, when I read that article, I was like, rookies. That's what I thought. My mother-in-law has a I, bank account with PNC, and it took her four days last week just to get a statement because she didn't know how to log into the website. She couldn't remember her password. We had her download the app. She couldn't log into it there. Then she calls them. And, of course, she's on a call center. She's like, all I want is my statement. I'm like, Mom, all you have to do is log in and get the statement. And she was like, well, I've just been doing this all morning. And Scott's like, you haven't been doing this all morning because I just asked you to log in and you don't remember the password. If you'd been doing it all morning, you'd still be logged in. So you have it. She's like, well, I had to get my my stuff together. And Scott's like, don't show up and ask me for help unless you've got your login. <laughs> I gotta and it's tell true. You, what- Can you imagine every day someone being like, can you help me with this with what? Well, the bank. Well, where's the where's the app? Well, I haven't logged in yet. What? You know, like after <laughs> 45 days, you're like, fucking log. the. F- what do you think? I'm just going to magically know your password. Fucking get your shit together. Come back. Come back when your shit's together. I just had a come to the mountain moment with my kids because come my kids are older now. I've never heard of that. What? And well, I don't want to say come to this Jesus? person or that person. I usually say oh. come to the Jesus moment. But come to it's Jesus, like, that's the saying. I know. I said come to the mountain because I don't want people, right. you know how people are. Uh, Anyhow. Okay. So my kids were doing the same thing. They can't log in. They forgot the password. I said, that's it. We're all going to Zoom and I'm teaching you last pass. <laughs> and I went in. I said, sign up. You get 25 passwords for free. Mm-hmm. All right. And this is how we do it. Blah, 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 blah. And I said, and if I hear one more time, I can't get into something because I don't remember my password. There's going to be hell to pay. And I did this all through Zoom. So I have like, I mean, I know you're not supposed to do this. But being a forgetful person, I have about five or six passwords that I rotate through. And there's various combinations of like, you know, capital and low letters. But for the most part, I can guess. I right. mean, I may trip it up and, and have to, you know, wait because I've been dismembered or whatever. What is it? Dislocated? No. Uh, disabled. On. Disabled. But this is also a person who not only can she not forget... But every password is a different combination of her first name, her middle name, her birthday, her phone number, her address, her company address, and her company phone number. So it could be any, and then throw in a few Mazel Tovs and like, you know. She's a hacker's dream. And Well, but it's not just that. I mean, they're all different, but she can't remember any of them. Any of them. Like you would, like just have one. Just do the name and the birthday or do the name and the phone number or do the name and the company. Just one, though. Pick one. And, yeah, why would you choose your own first name? That's the stupidest thing ever. That's what people do. If you if you are not – if you're not a narcissist, then you pick your children's names usually, some version of your children's name. Only a complete <laughs> self-absorbed person will be like, Jessica Ann Kupferman, one, two, three, four. Like, <laughs> Right? Like, what kind of a... <laughs> so, if I, so my recommendation kind of, listen, is... Listen, if you're listening to this and your password is your name, you got to think about your priorities just a wee bit. Are you selfish? Oh, my selfish? God, that's so funny. You're hilarious because you're, you're absolutely right. Anyway. Anyway, on. but speaking of your children, Jess... Speaking of them... Speaking of them. I well, was featured... Isaac, yeah, you in, were featured. You were featured. Hello. I was featured in Inside Podcasting because Sky, I forget why, but she... Uh, you know, we chit chat. She's a friend and I was right. thinking about her and asking how she was doing. She's in California and she said, how are you doing? And I told her and she was like, Oh my God, that's so good. Can I use that? And then she never used it. And then weeks later, she was like, I think I'm finally going to use your quote. And I was like, cool. I mean, it's not exactly the same anymore because we've now I've devised a system and I told her the system. And so 
She yeah, she published it all. It was so nice. That's about, awesome. Yeah. About how we're making it. It's all about to go to shit again. Oh, oh. yeah. That was pre hair dye. So yeah, I actually got my colorist to give me some hair dye. So I Yay, did my hair you. so I could stop looking like his grandmother. But yeah, <laughs> I think there, I forget what we were doing right there. Oh, he was just sitting there while I was working. But um, to this morning I built him a fort. I looked online to figure out how to get the best fort happening. And here's the trick. Um, sticky hooks that don't ruin the paint and binder clips because you can binder clip blankets together oh. and you can use the and you can use the hook to you can use it to hook on the things oh. so as long genius. as you don't huh yeah You're it's genius it was an in a, it was an interior decorators blog that i read that on and i was like it's cool i mean binder clips cost me two dollars the hooks cost some. me eight dollars oh see you know and then you I just, could also yeah. use that for sound dampening Yes, but it's in my family room. But yes, you're That's right. That's really cool. I like that idea. I'm going to have I'll to send you that. guys a picture. I will say that when I was finished, Scott Isaac was like, it doesn't look like a fort yet. And I was like, bitch, I just spent an hour building this. <laughs> he was like, I don't like it. And I was like, all right, then you don't get to sit in it. And he was like, no. <laughs> oh, my God. My girls are pretty good at, at using all kinds of stuff. They're, they're pretty good, but, but it never stays. Like, that, That's so why you really need good. the binder clips. Everything like starts falling down. Right. So. Yeah, Especially if you sit on a corner of a blanket. Yes. Right? But so, yes yeah. I mean, totally. it's still, it has happened once, but like, I just needed bigger binder clips. We so I got love a bigger that. One. Yeah. So try it. It's fine. But, um, um we, there anyway. will be a link, you guys, to, um, the newsletter because it's really cool. It has pictures of all kinds yes. of podcasters, kids and, and themselves at home. And all of the, all of the pictures are like very much, very selfie like, like yes. there's no like, you know, super fancy. Sky's newsletter, Whatever. yeah. Right, yeah. you know. It's all very cool. I mean, actually, there is a, a picture there with some guys who look, it looks like all slick. And black, maybe it's just because it's black and white. I don't know. But, um. I don't know. All of the other ones are very much, like, selfie-like. But yay, we love that. So. Yay. Um, and if you guys don't subscribe to Inside Podcasting, please do. It's like, it's a no-brainer. Y'all, it's awesome. It's a really good. Just yeah. click through the links in our show notes and subscribe today. Damn it. Right now. Do it. So we had some uh, Santa in April. Well, that's what's, what I was talking about earlier is after right. the call, after we get done here, I have to call Isaac. Okay. Because Isaac wants to talk to Santa. Okay. Yep. He, I don't remember why. He was having some questions. I don't even know if he remembers now. He was having some questions about, again, about Santa. I guess he wanted to tell Santa what he wanted for Christmas and Hanukkah. And I was like, uh, I guess I can do that, but you must know he doesn't care what you want because he's not coming here. And he was like, that's not fair. I want a bush and a tree and a Santa. I want um, a bush. Hey, don't tell me. Tell your, your people. <laughs> your people. I'll have my people call your people. How about that? Oh my gosh. I can't take it. Uh, yeah. So, so cool. I guess he wants to talk to Santa. I don't know, but I, I mean, but yeah, he talked to Rob Schaefer the other day, my ex-husband, and um, holy crap, he talked his ear up for a half hour. I put him on the phone with Nate, and he's like, hey, Nate, what's up? And he's like, not much. He goes, all right, let me talk to Uncle Rob. Oh, my God. Which, of course, amuses me to no end because... <laughs> Because the only thing that Rob Schaefer deserves is someone who doesn't let him get a word in edgewise because he is the talkingest, mansplainingest fool ever. Well, he good. can talk He's good. all yeah. day. Well, come up as I see. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But yesterday we tried to call and he didn't answer. And now I know why. Oh, my God. <laughs> Crazy pants. Because so Isaac is, never shuts up. He would make a great podcaster. He will. He will make a great podcaster. I, I'm going to have to start giving him his own podcast. He should have one now. Just, but what would we, like, what would I have him talk about? Just open up the mic and let him rip. Okay. I'll try. I'll give it a try. Didn't he just do 45 minutes on uh, being sa a robot from Saturn? Yes. Yes, There's he did. There's an episode. I taped some of it. And again, you do this on Anchor, and it's there for whatever, and then you can always go back to it. Like when we play Weird Wild Show of the Week, you guys always go, oh, listen to Hunter. Because everything yeah, changes. You'll have them. Cause he, and I'll give them something to do, and it might keep them out of your hair. Well, they, they get bored real quick, I have to, I have to say. Actually, during, at his age, I think you could still get him to respond to something. You know, like, talk about this, and they all do it. 
because you'd be surprised if mm. I told him there was an audience listening, he would just go. Hmm. I bet you I could just turn on a phone and let him just, you know, tell everybody what you're thinking about today. And he'll be like, you know, yep. I'm really thinking about <laughs> robots and Saturn. And off he goes. Yeah. There he goes. Yeah. It's crazy. You'd be training for his new career. <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not get them done early? You know what I'm saying? What? Why not get them done early? Oh may God. as well. You may as well. True. All right. Well, shall we uh, move on to some along. feedback now? Maybe? Yes, please. Let's. Possibly. So how about this? We had some audio feedback, people. Uh, let's go ahead and, and hear from uh, Spencer. Hi, my name is Spencer Hogan, and I work with an organization called Faded Red. Uh, we are a podcast series, and uh, we do blog posts. Uh, we, so we exist to educate, celebrate, and inspire women from all walks of life. Um, so pretty similar to what you guys do at ShePod. I would absolutely love to hear about your guys' heart, uh, what you do, and I'd love to learn a little bit from you, um, specifically how you guys got a, kind of got your feet on the ground and got your feet wet um, and built a dedicated base of listeners. Uh, thanks for hearing this message, and I look forward to hearing from you. Aw, that's nice. Thank you, Spencer, for sending that feedback. Yeah. Thanks for reaching out. So they wanted to know about... Our heart? Is that, that's what they asked. So how we got our feet wet. Yeah. And our heart. Yeah. I did hear that. But was there something in there about like, yeah, the heart of what? The heart of the podcast? I think the heart of us, maybe. Like where we. I have no heart. You have no heart. (laughs) So there are some notes in there, though. I mean, I said, um, they asked, how did we get our feet wet on the ground? Our feet on the ground and got our feet wet. How did we build a dedicated base of listeners? Right. Go, Jess, go. <laughs> Mind you, it's 2020. We started in 2014. Mm. Mm. How did we build a fan base? I know we're the worst example of this because <laughs> I hate answering this question because what we did was not pay attention to any of it. We right. Just, we just kept recording. We just we recorded. We just kept recording until actually... At the beginning, we had a pretty fancy marketing system that we have since abandoned. But at the beginning, I mean, you have to admit, we didn't look at our stats. We didn't look at our downloads. We never did any of that. But we had a very strict system. We would record. Elsie would edit. She would, you know, and then I think you would do the show notes also. And then I would create yep. an email, send the email every week. And then I would also create tweets and Facebook page and, and Facebook po- uh, group post. Right. And that would go out. Every week. And then I also had rotating like social media status updates about the show in general. So that if somebody wasn't interested in that week's topic, they would still maybe subscribe knowing that we were, you know, strong enough for a man, wait for a woman or whatever. And then, um, yeah, we were just really consistent about our marketing, which we're not now, which I'm hoping to get back to actually because. Yeah. But uh, mind you though, you skipped over the whole like biggest thing here is number one. Why we started. No, no, no. The Facebook group started before the podcast did. So there was a need for True. having somebody start the show, right? True. People said, we want to have this type of show where, mind you, we, the concept of how we started was that this was going to be the podcast for like women podcaster. Yeah. For po- about podcasting. But what it ended up being is us talking. Yeah. <laughs> for, you know, and I think that that's part of what, where we evolved to. We wanted to do one thing, but it ended up being, and it needed to be something different. But then there's the other aspect of this, which is that you had had a very successful show prior to doing this one. And so did you. And so did I, which is what I'm saying. And so yeah. we, when we got together, you sent stuff to your past list. I told my people from like since 2000, so I had built an audience in podcasting from 2006 to 2014 and i I had had all of those people and then you had i had been doing it from 2007 to 2000 i mean yeah seven years i was an online social media consultant at web design i already had a list of like 5,000 people before we even started exactly so we got together and then between you and i we didn't really have to work that hard to get people to know who we were to listen to our show and then the other thing was and this is maybe possibly I don't even know how you would like how you would capitalize on this, but I think this is an X factor too. Because people knew you and because people knew me, they were sharing 
our podcast with people that it would benefit without ever listening to it mm -hmm. because they knew us. So they were like, oh my gosh, Elshie and Jess have a, a show. It's called She Podcast. They had never listened to the show, but because they knew you and I and they loved what we had been, done in the past, they would just share the show. Right. So even if it was like there's lots of people who are not necessarily listening to our show, they're fans of our work. Right. And they support what we're doing. We already but have they may not necessarily be fans of the show. That's true. And but but also that's just how we started. But that's right. how, that has nothing to do with how we've grown now, which is completely No, but he, but this really person evolved. is asking what they asked is how did you get your feet on the ground? We got our feet on the ground by walking. <laughs> For a long, a long time. time before we started before. a podcast, we were already visible. We were already yes. of service. We were already helping people and teaching right. people and all those things. It's true. Yes. Yeah, so we had a built audience. We had built skills. We, um, we essentially built on what we had already built for ourselves independently and brought it together and created something new. And also the other thing is that people had requested this and they wanted this. And you knew right from the beginning too that there was a need because you created Podcasting School for Women that kind of went along with She Podcast. Even before she did you had you had Podcasting School for Women before She Podcast even came around, right? Yes, I did. Because then yeah. when we got She Podcast, I married it with your opinions and way of teaching. So yes. Right. And so we had, you had that independent before that. So part of it is that, I don't know. I mean, we, it felt like there was a need for what we were putting together. And both Jess and I had a desire to do it, like from the best of places. Like we didn't have a, we're gonna, you know, yeah, we didn't really, we didn't have our business we thought Heads it would be on fun from the get go. No one else was doing it. Right. We kind of were like, well, we should just do it and see what happens. Like, I, I, I don't know if, I mean, from the get go, I kind of thought, well, maybe we could do an event. And I think from the get go, Elsie knew she wanted to have a podcast. I never had even thought that I would do a podcast with Elsie. I was just like made a group and then she changed the name of it. And then we had a little website, no idea what it would turn into. And then actually it was other people that started telling us it should be a business long before we. Yep wanted to do it because I had stuff I was doing and she had stuff she was doing and people were like business business coaches were like why do you not make money with this we're like we don't know <laughs> I think that was the, that was like my answer also for my other thing but alas yeah Bonnie says you know Bonnie is over here and she says that I feel like every time someone successful answers this question it always comes down to them being authentically themselves that I, is I agree that without agree question that. that's true and, too and we've also made choices, you know, there's a lot of times that we made choices that business-wise seemed like a good idea, and we pushed through it, didn't we, Jess? We sure did, but it was We terrible. pushed through it, so but terrible. we didn't We made didn't a lot fight. of business mistakes, yeah. with, but we've yes. done it without arguing for the most part, which is good. True. I True. mean, like 5% of 100% of the time, we may right. have had an argument. And then, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's something to be said about being authentic, but actually... Elsie and I have always just been like, what do you think we would enjoy doing? And that's what we did it. So there was a time there where I was really enjoying the way the show was going. And then all of a sudden it was time constrained and all of a sudden it was subject constrained based on feedback she may have gotten from other people. And I was like, well, wait, this is less fun than what we were doing before because I enjoy talking to Elsie and slipping in the podcasting stuff as, you know, topic conversation not necessarily right. like i don't want it to necessarily be a podcasting news show but right. it is but also it isn't so it's always been something we've had a good time doing there's no you have to do this and i think that's what helps at least that's what helps me mm -hmm. keep doing it and enjoy it so because we do have to and plus we had to really find out things that sometimes on a paper things seem like a really good idea but in execution they become not good at all because I remember I remember how I think the least my least happy times when we were <laughs> pushing through some stuff was when we were doing those um monthly webinars oh that was the worst we did five we were like fuck it I felt so stressed out by that because I was like oh my god we have to find a topic yeah oh my god we That's have to rough. find either somebody or we have to teach and and then we had so many like technical glitches like <sighs> it you was... know, it is amazing how fast if you're going to do a monthly webinar, 
it is shocking yes. how little time it is from one month to another. Oh my god! It when was you're crazy. busy, it was terrible. So yeah, and then people would be like, "Oh, you just have to make a list. It's only twelve, and it's like, no, no, no. You don't understand. You need like the landing page. You need the yeah, art. I was drowning. You need to market the thing. You, I mean, so many things. You know, the other thing that we did that we made a mistake doing, but this wasn't necessarily our fault, but we were going to have a VIP day before another event because it was here in Philadelphia. So we were going to do, I mean, it went okay, right. but we had a much larger goal when we first started doing it, not realizing then that Elsie would be cross country traveling right. leading up to the event, which meant the stuff that the work that we were supposed to do really couldn't get done because half the time she had no, I mean, she already had no Wi-Fi, but we assumed she would have Wi-Fi and then we assumed, we didn't know. She, remember like your, your trip was like kind of spontaneous compared right. to how we had been. Plan- so anyway, it, it ended up to be different than what we had planned. And, and so, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to not know that, but it wasn't flexible either. Like we couldn't have changed the prices. We couldn't have changed the format, but I think it wasn't conducive to what our life was happening in our lives at that moment. And you, and I think that what's really hard about a lot of that stuff is that as content creators, we can be really good. Like Jess and I are really good at creating content. Like there's a, if you just gave us an app, like if we had to come up with something within the next 30 minutes, we would blow your mind. Like we right. would just be like so good. Right. But the problem with what we do is that we have a really hard time marketing it all because that takes a whole, that's a whole other skill, like not skill set that we don't have. We actually do have that skill set as well. We can market the crap out of yeah. stuff. Yeah. But it's just the fact that it, we don't have the, um, how do you, I, I the strategic Bandwidth. plan to be able to oh, execute. Yeah. yeah. Because for me, that becomes really grating. It becomes like, ugh. Yeah, I have to write the three tweets or I have to write the Facebook. I have to write the email. Yeah. Where's the image? It's less like, grading when you have a plan, but we never seem to get to that part. No. We just and have also, ideas that we try to execute without any like idea of what's going to come next, which makes it hard. So we're not perfect. I mean, I, right. I, I love answering these questions, but I mean, there's lots to there's lots we're still learning six years later, like. Mm-hmm. We are only at this moment building an actual business around what we do. Right. And, and Elsie still has a job. And now, and you know, and she and I are now both homeschooling instead of just her. Um, so it's, it's probably even harder to do what we're doing now than it would have been, you know, six years ago when we started. But, but we've gotten life. better at delegation and That's we've also true. gotten better. We've gotten better at, Thanks I think, John. being able to do whatever it is that we, need to do when we need to do it. Um, Not in an organized fashion just yet. Right. But I think our (laughs) skill set has also come up. Come on. Basecamp is really helping us organize. Basecamp has really but Yeah. So now I just really use it a week and we're already like getting the hang of it and it's feeling good, at least to me. And also here, here's the other thing, too. It's like a lot of people really begin like if you have If you have the, I guess, the the money to be able to come into it saying, I'm going to have a team, this is how much money I'm going to be paying a team, or if, if you're doing something for a business or already, like an existing business, then you can actually lay out those resources, have a team that can really help you get all of these things done. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jess and I have really primarily been doing it for ourselves. And it's been a very small time where we'll like start to delegate and actually hire other people to do some of the work for us. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's been really good, for sure, really good. But as podcasters that are starting out, and I'm not, and it it looks that your website looks really nice uh, with Faded Red. It's over at FadedRed.com. It looks like very well put together. There's a nice vision and mission that you're leading with. So all of that looks great. The branding looks great. I don't know what the business end looks like on the other side of things. But if you are just starting out kind of like the way that Jess and I did, where it's like you do your podcast and then you have to market it, it's going to take you a long time to be able to build that momentum because you can't you can't think of like strategic, you you have to create strategic growth tactics and you have to have a plan for that and have a sustainable marketing 
plan that's going on consistently as well. Those two things need to be happening simultaneously. And then you add the aspect of having like your weekly meetings or whatever, saying like, what worked? What didn't work? How can we market this better? What are other opportunities for us to get? Uh, how are we going to get into, you know, people's ears in this way? How, can we test something else out? All of that is above and beyond content creation. And yeah. so it just, people don't understand how much, how many times and resources like that works. Like this weekend, I did not have to produce the feed. What? Because it's every two weeks. So this is my off week. So whenever I have an off weekend to not produce the feed, I, I got so much work done for us. <laughs> I was like, oh, I could just do this. And I could just, I like, I was just like pounding out all of this information. I got like schedules done for you and I, for the super squad. I got images done. I got schedules for the feed. I got show notes for the feed for the rest of August to all the way through August. Like I scheduled everything. Everything's all set. I have all that, but I couldn't, that, that took me like the entire weekend and it yeah. was fine. I, I liked it. I liked that kind of work. I really enjoyed it. But if you have to produce a show, that's usually what I'm doing. Like this weekend is a production weekend. Mm -hmm. I don't have the time to not do it. Right. So um, anyway, I hope, yeah. you know, Spencer, you got some ideas. <laughs> yeah, I hope this was helpful. Us. And moving on to the next piece of feedback. Yeah. Michelle uh, wrote us an email and she says... I am Michelle. I just came across Sheep Podcast. Mm -hmm. A friend recommended you. I started doing a podcast using Anchor. Would you recommend that? Would you recommend that? I am new to the world of podcasting and I am excited. Also, I want to learn how to connect my YouTube channel with a podcast. I started a YouTube channel and I am learning as I go. Stay well. So what do you guys think? As a new platform to learn, I think that Anchor is great. Because it gives you a lot of tools that you wouldn't know where to go. It's all right there in one package. The thing is that when you don't know enough to know enough, you just follow Anchor. And then Anchor takes your RSS feed and then they own it. In other words, they use their email. And you can't really – can you change it now? Have they yeah, made it where you can? you can have a 301 redirect set up. Right. Yeah. So you can redirect it if you decide to move out of it. But to be honest with you, I call Anchor Podcasting Playground. So in other words, people that want to try it, it's easy. You can use your phone. You can plug a microphone in. They have their own studio. There's minor editing software in there. Mm -hmm. So you can go in there without a lot of cost to see if you enjoy it. If you enjoy it and you catch the bug like we did, then you kind of got to upgrade and move somewhere else. Mm -hmm. To start that, it's the easiest. Now to blend a YouTube channel into that. You know, basically, all you're going to do is take your video, rip the audio out of it, and make it a podcast, right? Yeah, that's, it's I mean, easy, that's right? it's it's pretty much easy, and you can do that also with Anchor. So, and then you can cross promote both back and forth. You know, if you want to see this live, you can go to the YouTube, and then you on your YouTube, you can say this is also a podcast. My thing about YouTube is YouTube's getting very testy with their censorship. And so for me, once you start talking about censorship, then I, I've I got to go. So that's why I think podcasting is so much better than a, than a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. You know, yeah, as a playground, I can understand. But unfortunately, John, what really gets me a lot of the time is that when you, you know, yeah, when you do start Anchor, I don't know. Mind you, I have not. I think I have an Anchor account, but I haven't uploaded anything in there. Like I've never even tested it out. Mainly because when I when it first came out, and I don't know if this is true enough, the default is when you first start to publish anything or you publish anything to the feed, Anchor automatically um, submits your RSS feed into Apple Podcasts. And so if you want to play around, like I would like to go into Anchor and play around, but I don't want that to go into Apple Podcasts. Like I'd rather just stick to Anchor and stay there and mess around and make mistakes. And at the moment, getting my feet work wet inside of Anchor would be great just to see just like what you're talking about, John. Um, but I wouldn't submit it into Apple Podcasts because I don't want, like, what if I decide to change the name of the show? What if I decided to, I want different artwork? Or what if I really want the name of that show? Then you have to like, it's just the redirecting is going to be great, but I don't even know if you have access to the Apple Podcast Connect with your email because they have the email. So That's what I was talking where about. Where does that get updated and how can you get access to your stats? And so there's like all of this sort of back end stuff that people, that it, 
that for most people, they don't even know is an issue. So it's after they're in there that they're like, oh, I didn't know that this was a thing. And mm-hmm. uh, that's the problem. Yeah. When you start your sh- second show with Anchor, you realize that you can add your own email address when they submit it to Apple Podcast. And then everything comes to you and you and then have access to your RSS feed and Apple Connect and all that other stuff. And then if you decide to redirect it to something else different. When you first go there, you're like, wow, this is great. Look at all these tools. And they get you because they don't ask you. They just submit it for you, and you you don't know. You don't know enough to know enough. Yeah. So that's the problem with Anchor. Uh, I mean, if they would change that, it it would be a podcaster's playground where you could go and test it. Like the minor leagues. I mean, just go test, learn. And then find out from other people where to go. When I started, I wanted to learn about podcasting. So I went to YouTube and found Cliff Ravenscraft. And I didn't even know other people taught about it. And then one day Cliff said something about this guy named Dave Jackson and Daniel J. Lewis. And I was like, well, who are these guys? And so then I went and listened to them. So you don't know enough till you know enough. Adorable. Mm -hmm. And it depends. Like, I know you just started a YouTube channel, Michelle, and – it's interesting because I don't know how much what your bandwidth is to create content because that's another thing. Like there's some people who like to use being everywhere as a, as a, a place to go, meaning like you just make one piece of content and you spit it out into all the different places oh and that's like your content, right? So you could do it that way if you want. Like if you didn't go with Anchor and you went with Libsyn, Libsyn connects to YouTube and then you can create your show, not on your phone, but on a computer or maybe on a phone later, but you have to edit all that stuff, upload it over to Libsyn. And then when you publish it to YouTube, it just transcodes it from an audio file to a video file with like a, you know, a static, a static image in the front and it goes directly out there. And therefore you can start to build your YouTube channel that way. That said though, what mo- what a lot of people are doing really, really excellently is that they're creating content specifically for YouTube, and then they're creating content specifically for their podcast, and they cross-promote both of those channels into their independent places. So you have a show that you're interviewing you know, people, whatever, that's your podcast. And then you can have like an insider's look at whatever on your YouTube channel where you maybe go deeper into a subject in a like five minute little snippet video, right? You could do something like that. Um, I've seen people like productivity people do that where they'll have a conversation with a the CEO of what of like Todoist, like I've been really obsessed with Todoist lately. So like in your podcast, you can have like a, an interview with the CEO that's like 40 minutes on your YouTube channel, you can have a walkthrough of Todoist. And then that way you can, if you want to get to know, you know, on the video, you can say like, if you want to get to know the CEO, I interviewed him on my podcast over here. Mm-hmm. So it's two separate, but it's more work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it is a lot more. It's a lot of work. Bonnie says, People need to also keep in mind that if they're pushing their podcast to YouTube, there should be something to view because it's video. I mean, is that true, though? I disagree, Bonnie. I I I disagree a little bit. Why would you say that? Because I'm kind of agreeing with Bonnie. Because video is just another search engine. And I think it's fine to just put on a YouTube um, if there's no video. People will listen to video, same as they do audio, if they really want to. So you don't have to have something. Yeah, I have to say I have, but I'm a really weird person, but still I've been studying a lot about um, gardening and like the gardening videos, I sometimes have them in my pocket because I want to get the information. And unless I have to see the the plant, I'll take it out. If they're doing something specific, I'll take it out. I'll hear it. Also, another weird thing. Okay, this is so weird. (laughs) I take walks every day and my walking is in my pocket. I am playing Chicago PD in my pocket. Like I don't watch Chicago PD. What? I'll turn Chicago P- TV on on Prime and stick it in my pocket and I'll walk to just listening to Chicago PD in my ears. And then if something really exciting is happening, I'll take it out and I'll look and then I'll stick it back in my pocket. That is weird. I'm not going to lie. I know. But that's my that's how I work out. I work out to TV shows in my ears. Mm-hmm. How about that? It's weird. It's, not- it ha- there has to be a very specific type though. It can't be like visual ones like it can't be a visual tv show obviously yeah so anyway yeah if i'm listening to joe rogan in the car i'll listen to it as a podcast but if i see someone that that he wants to 
that he's interviewing that I want to see. I'll watch it as a video. And I wouldn't watch it as a video if it was just Joe Rogan's logo over the video. I want to see the conversation. I want to see the hand gestures. I want to see the the, the nonverbal cues and, and that thing. I think with live streaming, like what we're using right now, we're using StreamYard. So we're recording this. I could take the video from this and actually live stream to YouTube. So you're doing YouTube. Then from here, take the audio from this, from StreamYard, and then make a podcast out of that. Right. Easy, I mean, easy. that would be a good, that's a good um, sort of like one-two punch to get mm-hmm. all the stuff out. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Michelle, We I will email you back and I will tell you that we talked about your question. Hopefully you'll listen. <laughs> Um, I'm going to get to a couple of little promos, uh, really quickly. My promos. We did a headliner webinar for Libsyn. Oh yeah. For Libsyn. Mm-hmm. For like last week. So what we did is we had one of the team members from, uh, from headliner, which is the guy, uh, like the little service that makes those little audiograms come into, uh, we hosted them on Crowdcast, which is what we use. Rob Greenlee was like the co-host at this time where he was essentially just guiding, allowing Nicholas, who was there, just walk everybody through a headliner and whatnot, because now there is integration directly from Lipson into headliner. So you can actually create it, not from Lipson, but it spits it out into headliner. And my God, you guys, we had like over 1200 signups for that webinar. And we had, and this is like the craziest part. We had 46% attending live. That's amazing. That never happened. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Wow. And so we sat there and we're like, what? And we, I mean, and the majority of the conversions for this webinar came from, there's inside of Libsyn, there's a little dashboard widget. And I'm sure, I don't don't know, Jess, you never go in there, so you probably don't see it. But maybe, John, I don't know if you've seen it before when you go inside of the dashboard. On the left-hand side, there's like a little square. It's a little widget that appears where we put notices up there. And that's where we put like literally two words. I go in there, but I wouldn't have noticed that. You're yeah, right. it's on the left. You you would if it if there was something being announced because if oh, some right. nothing's being announced, it's nothing's there. Okay. But um but anyway, that's what it was, but it, I think that it was less about us marketing so well cuz we did we did minimal stuff. Like it wasn't crazy. We weren't like going everywhere. We did do some Facebook ads but and some Instagram ads, but not to the point where we got the conversions based on that. We, it was actually our existing community and an email that we sent out that got the most conversion. So it was like literally our own people. But people are just interested in audiograms, dude. Marketing, yep, marketing, are. marketing. They're like, how do you make those things? I was crazy. taking... We had like in one day we had three women on the on she podcasts ask about how to make those and nobody knows what to call them. So everybody goes in there and goes, "How do you make this?" and they have a screenshot or they say, "How do you make the little lines move up and down to share my podcast in an Instagram story?" Like they don't even know like what is happening here. Like yeah. nothing at all. I know, so. but it takes a long time to learn that stuff. Yeah. So any, I just wanted to share. So I'll put a link in the show notes in case you guys want to watch it because it's available via our Crowdcast video. It it was very well received. And then the other thing is that I was quoted on um, the Jacob's Jacob's media article that talked about um, there are over 1 million podcasts out there. What's it mean? And so I was quoted as were many other people. Yeah. So you guys, Did you say go ahead and good? check that out. Eh. It's like, <laughs> I mean, I guess. I said some things. I said some, some things. things about some stuff. Right. I said some things about some stuff. Yeah. But it's like, eh. so uh, anyway, 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 that is it. All right. On to the next thing. So the next thing we want to talk about is trusted kids content in the time of COVID-19, how PRX is tracking podcast consumption with young listeners. As we all know, in mid-March, the virus has disrupted all of our lives all over the world. And this writer, Donna Hardwick, of the Medium article that we're discussing is a single mom but of a 10-year-old. And she, as all of us did, had to establish new routines. And every day they're spending time online, but doing different things. She leads PRX's marketing team. She's taking over uh, the home laptop for Zoom check-ins with friends and classmates, the daughter. 
watching Spanish tutorials and listening to podcasts. So she just has some really nice recommendations. Molly of Denali, which is on PBS. Gen Z Media launched a new series, a chronicle turned mystery of 12-year-old Six Minutes fan quarantined with their family in New Jersey, providing ongoing daily entertainment for kids and families. There's a show, Young Ben Franklin. All shows have had an increase in both downloads and unique listens. 50% increase in unique listeners to the PRX Kids portfolio in the same span, indicating that they're not hol- they are not only holding steady, but they are growing in listenership, which is really good. Um, then she just has a list of some other shows. The Music Box from Louisville Public Media. Historical fiction like Time Storm from Coco Tazo Media. And the Google Podcast Creator Program. Tween Horror, The Creeping Hour, Gen Z Media is The Alien Adventures of Friend. Is that Gen Z Media? I know The Alien Adventures of Friend Caspian. Don't we yeah. know that? Yeah. He was a, a client. Uh, Molly of Denali, I actually am re- Isaac and I have really been enjoying that show because I mean, like, I make him watch it in the morning. I'll make him, but we turn it on in the morning, and then later, like one day, one of the days, I was, he, I was like, "We should t- teach you some more history." And he goes, "I don't want to learn history." And I'm like, <laughs> "But you are learning history when you watch Molly of Denali." And he was like, "Oh, you know, it's like I've killed it for him because it's learning, but it is fun." And I mean, there's lots of other, you know, PBS Kids actually has a a daily newsletter that gives you ideas of stuff to do, like alongside the shows that they're watching on that channel. That's so smart. It is. It's really cool. There are some really good um, YouTube channels, like the guy Mo Willems, I think is his name. The guy who Mo draws, Willems, I know. We, yeah, Pete the Cat. Drawing. Yeah, he's drawing. Yeah. There's a couple other authors that do some drawing, and Isaac drew a dragon and some other artistry. We'll put the link up to this article. But article. What if, it's really good. But I, I want to talk about. Remember how we talked last last week? We were chatting about the podcasts that are not active. All right. So yeah. So given that though, this, these are the stats that are going to, that are mind blowing to me. And this is why I feel that just because a podcast is not active, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have value. Mm -hmm. So one of the bullet points in this article, it says even shows without recent new episodes. So an increase in unique listeners, young Ben Franklin last released episodes in 2018, yet they saw a 92% increase in unique listeners for just that one. And then the first season of WGBH's Molly of Denali concluded in July 2019, and yet they saw nearly a 60% increase of downloads over the last few weeks. So, that like, if awesome. you think that's all I was trying to say, yeah, but but the thing is, it's like it's over, right? We were yeah, talking about that. It's over, it's the series is over, but the value that it's giving people continues to grow. Arthur's so, been over for 10 years, and I mean, Isaac loves that show, Arthur. Arthur Reed, that's a great show. That's been over. Yeah. First of all, how many downloads do you get on your yoga podcast? That's been over. They're what, still seven going years? on. And I'm a little bit embarrassed, but yes, it is. It's still <laughs> happening. And even if it's because it sounds so bad. Yeah, but yeah. whatever. I mean, I got to let it be what it ha- what it is, right? It and is what it is. So, I mean, yeah, I didn't. I mean, it, it so. is amazing that it's over, but not really because it's good content. Right. But it's just really good. Um, my kids, you know, they love listening stuff. I think right now for me, unfortunately, still the same. It's just bandwidth is a problem, right? So I would download all these things for my babies and I'd be like, you can watch this, you can download this, but it's like it's still eating up data and it's a lot. And I've had to go up a plan and like I'm afraid because there's like a cap on the plans that I have to go up. Like mm-hmm. if I hit like... There's one plan that I, you can't go over. Like if I go, if there's no, like there's no more gigabytes to be given to, to me. Right. So it's like, you know, even You're though it's unlimited, even yeah. if it's unlimited, you get a cap. And so when I hit the cap, I have to call them and be like, you need to up me to the next, to whatever the next level is. But there comes a point where it doesn't matter if I want to pay them a thousand dollars a month to get, you know, unlimited they're mm-hmm. not going to be able to give it to me. So that's where my problem is now is because I have to be choosy about you either are going to be on a Zoom call with your teachers or your kid and your friends. You're going to have a FaceTime with your friend or you're going to download some podcasts. Anyway, what shall we do next? Okay. Creative Platform Patreon has laid off 30 employees, which is 13% of its workforce, TechCrunch has learned. And their spokesperson said, it's unclear how long this economic uncertainty will last. Therefore, to prepare accordingly, we've made the difficult decision to part ways with 13% of our workforce. This decision was not made lately and consisted of several other factors besides the financial ones. I'm surprised that they're hurting 
Me too. Well, so they wrote in a post, not only are patrons not leaving, we've seen many of them upgrade their tiers. Right. The average income for creators was 60% higher in March than in previous months. They also, but around that same time, however, Patreon said it saw patrons exist, exiting the platform more than usual due to financial hardships. Still, churn rates are stable. I, it makes no sense to me. I mean, that's a lot of people, 30 people. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, see, here's the thing, Jess, and I think that this is something that a lot of people, especially startups out there, are don't really pay too much attention to. I mean, not to divulge anything too crazy, but Lipson doesn't even have 30 employees. <laughs> okay? I mean, I guess so maybe they weren't so working So what lean. I'm saying is like that's 13% is 30. Yeah. Let's figure out how many people are working there. At least 300. So overhead and basic business, this is what we need to keep going. Yeah. I think what happens whenever there are all of these venture capital funded things or any new tech startups, you kind of hire like teams of people to do everything, everything right? So you got the marketing team, you have the sales team, you have the, you know, the social media people, you have the devs, you have, and then there comes a point where as a tech company, what you lit, you cut all the stuff and you end up with the devs mm -hmm. and like the person who does the emails. Yeah. It's true. That's it. And that the people sense. who write maybe like that's it. Like they you need to deal with your with your people and how to and client acquisition. Like that's it. Like you don't need any of the other stuff. And you you can be that's that's what happened with like when I remember when SoundCloud was first starting out. They had I remember I did a presentation for Lipson and I was like, "You guys, look at all this incredible stuff that SoundCloud is doing to build community." They used to have meetups, local meetups that they would like essentially fund. People would come in. They were like super community driven, not at all salesy. They had all of these videos that were coming out that they were making. There was like all, I was like, how much, what? I mean, they were flying people to like San Francisco to be part of these things. And I was just like, gosh, that's so much. What? Mm -hmm. Ah. And then, you know, slowly but surely all of that stuff like went away. Yeah. It's like you can't. You can't do that. You can't be spending your money on parties and on on meeting and meetups and stuff if you can't fund it. I mean, at some point you're going to have to lose that money somewhere. Like what would that cost? Client acquisition, maybe a couple of premium users and then you forked out $5,000 for a party? Yeah, maybe they were already needing to thin out a little bit because you're right that does sound like a lot of employees. It sounded to me like they're using the pandemic to cover over what they're actually doing. Because what they're saying is they cut a lot of dead wood because people yeah. that weren't making money got out of there. And the people that were making money, their patrons were actually upping their tier. So they were bringing more money in, which meant that means more money for Patreon. Yeah. And we just cut 30 employees. But we're yeah. going to blame it on the and, and we're going to make it sound like we're having hard times. It sounds like their revenue went up, their workflow went down, and they decided to cut some dead wood. I mean, it happens, though. Like, I if you know. sometimes in these situations you kind of realize like what you can do without and if one of those things yeah. is you know a building that you're paying a lot of money for that's true that's true you know maybe yep. they really just don't need what they had including those 30 people maybe they were already thinking they didn't need those 30 people but this is a good time to do it because you know it, it it's a hardship now to keep them on even if they're i don't know like it doesn't seem like it's a hardship but whatever yeah why did the pandemic have to even come into this i don't even get that I yeah. think that there, you also have to think about the impact of like future stuff. Like people don't understand that there's like repercussions that happen that isn't now, mm -hmm. but they're actually going to be showing their ugly head somewhere around, you know, September, October is when things are really going to start to un like, that's when you're really going to get the feedback of what, what this time has, has done for your business and what what that means for it. I mean, you never know. Like, think about it. What if they had a team of people that were specifically there to go to conferences? Yeah, right. What do you do with all those people? That's true. And yeah, so like maybe point. there are like just wings of stuff that were created for certain thing they were there for a project but project execution of some kind an initiative that needed to be done that they thought was going to be great and then there comes a point where it's like you have to cut out all of that stuff i remember i was talking to my client he was a he's a my only sta standing private yoga client 
He's a CEO of a startup in Pittsburgh, and he had the majority of his funded pulled because it's all grants and he's a nonprofit. And he was telling me, he goes, listen, I've had to cut back on all of the fully heart initiatives that we were doing, meaning that you they were funding these initiatives in like lower income communities and places where he said, this is not business. This is nonprofit. So these initiatives here are not money making. They're not making us any money. It's literally charity. This is what we're doing, but it's under the, but this it's, that's what my company does. So he said, I had to make a call to stop those things because we need to stay afloat. Mm -hmm. So I only had to follow and focus on the ones, the initiatives and the startups that I'm funding here that are actually going to be making money. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was really hard and I could see it in his face. He's like, I had to make those, I had to make those cuts. And so the people who are working on doing those initiatives also have their hours worked. And then he has to figure out where they're going to go now, or is he going to have to let them go? Well, whoever wrote the article for Patreon did a horrible job because if it's, they had to let it go because of not going to, um, you know, out on the road and stuff like that, then you say that, but don't, I mean, it doesn't, the way they wrote it didn't sound Sounds suspicious to me. I don't know. You think? Yeah, I did. Hmm. To me, yeah, I read yeah. it was like we we lo we lost a lot of dead wood. The people that are, were making making us money are making us more money, and we let ten percent, thirteen percent of our workforce go. I was like, why? But if they're going to conferences and stuff like that, well, then that makes sense. They have nothing to do, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, oh, well, it's interesting. Thank you so much for listening to She Podcasts, the podcast. If you want to find our show notes, you can find them on ShePodcast.com. You can also find our social at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ShePodcasts. Um, if you want to send us some feedback like you heard earlier, just go to our website, ShePodcast.com, and you can hit the button on the right, speak pipe, to leave us a virtual audio message. Um, if you want to write us, you can write us at feedback at ShePodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. We've loved being here. <laughs> Love you. Mean it. Goodbye. <laughs>